Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, Commute Podcast. For those of you who are new to this program, basically the way this works is we just continue on the conversation from Sunday. Far too frequently we find or we feel that the best material we have gets left on the, the chopping block. Um, and so this is kind of an opportunity for us to explore some ideas that didn't make it into the pod or, or the, the lesson, or in this case, to take it a step further, to take the conversation out of what we talked about and into the more practical daily living. So this last week, if you haven't listened to the teaching pod, you can actually find the link in the email you got this from, um, and you can go back through and, and listen to uh, what the sermon was. We covered our last and what has been a four-week installation on the idea of redefining worship. Understanding that worship isn't what we always thought it was. It's something far more difficult, uh, something far more challenging. It's the process of partnering with God in our everyday moments in mind and in spirit to try to connect with him and the world around us. Um, Dad, as you were finalizing the series, what are some things that jumped out to you in this final installation? Well, I'll address that in two ways. First of all, not so much this final installation, but this entire series. And, uh, and that has been that I, I've spent some time in the last several weeks uh, reflecting on previous sermons that I have preached on the subject of worship. And it's very interesting that, um, let's say five years ago, a sermon that I preached on worship, uh, for example, um, was, was much, much easier to preach. I had a much clearer picture in my mind of, uh, of what worship was. And, and as you and I talked about in our planning, and as I talked about in our first sermon in this series, I had a really nice, neat little box a very clear, easy picture. You know, the whole idea of defining a term is to distinguish what it is and, and what it's not. And, and I had a really clear picture, you know, that uh, worship were these five acts and that, uh, that you performed these, these five acts and, and you, you worshiped. Uh, and so this, this uh, opening up of my box and this, this broadening of my understanding of worship has been just such a rich experience for me. And, and this, this whole process has been very eye-opening and, and really something um, kind of remarkable when I think about how differently I view the concept of worship today than I did three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. It's opened up a world to me that I think is, uh, is very special and very meaningful and, and very beneficial. So, um, so I've been grateful for it. I've been, I've been challenged by it. And, um, and while it has been an, an enormously beneficial ride, uh, I got to say it was a lot simpler when I could just clearly define boom, 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 boom. There it is. I worshiped. Uh, and now it, uh, it's, it's a lot more work but it's a lot more benefit. And so I, I've really appreciated that. I've talked to several of our members, several of the people who've been following this series, and, and they relate some of the same kind of ideas, that, that this is a, a challenging idea, a new idea, and one that maybe has taken a little time to, to kind of get their mind around, but that they too have uh, appreciated it. Um, I, I know from the very first day we tackled this topic, uh, you and I kind of had a little bit different uh, take on, on some of these things. And I think some of our very early discussions and, um, and, and wrangling with the, the text and wrangling with our understanding were, were really beneficial in helping us to kind of formulate these thoughts to where they presently are. And, um, I don't know if going back to those early conversations, there's been any big breakthroughs for you or any, any new ideas or maybe just a, a distillation or a clarification of something that you already believed, but I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. 
For me, it was the, the biggest challenge that comes from this is not necessarily understanding the concepts, but applying the concepts. Um, the more we have found, uh, the more I've found I'm trying to live in this life of constant worship, trying to be awake to God's presence, the more I find that that's the most difficult spiritual practice I've ever engaged in. Um, it's so easy to get discouraged, uh, for me at least, uh, this process of trying so hard to be awake to what God wants me to do, trying to focus in and listen to God's voice, trying to, to find moments of worship in my daily living. I'll go an hour and not think about it. And then when I do think about it again, I realize that I, I've missed out on dozens of opportunities and it's so easy to get so down. Um, I think that's been really challenging is trying to find the practical balance of living a life of worship and being patient with myself uh, and being patient with myself as I'm missing these clear moments constantly because I get caught up in the, the, the sway of the day. Um, it, it's, I think this has unlocked for me a lifetime struggle and a lifelong journey of trying to get better as we try to wrestle with the constant effort that it takes to tune into God the constant effort it takes to, to listen to his word and to find moments of worship and the constant effort it takes to exert the energy to worship in every given moment. So for me, the challenges has been both practical and emotional as I'm frustrated that I'm not getting where I want to go. Uh, but for me, that's been the biggest, uh, I think the most challenging, but also the biggest uh, transforming process that the sermon has in introduced to me. Well, I like that. And that, a lot of that resonates with me too. I, I have, um, I've been energized and frustrated with this new understanding of it. And, and I think that's a, an accurate, an accurate depiction. Well, let me, let me kind of pitch it this to you then, because uh, I don't know about how anyone in the audience felt, but I know when we were putting together the sermon, the biggest question we kept asking is, so what, how do we do this? How do we, yeah. how do we engage in this? What are three steps we can give our members? What are some techniques we can, and the reality is, uh, I, I think you summarized it well in the sermon on Sunday, that it's like as complex as marriage. We can't give a one size fits all, um, you know, do this and your marriage will get better for everybody because it's not the same. Same with worship. We can't give a one step fits all, you know, one size fits all, go do this and worship. But what techniques have you found uh, through this process that have helped you find moments of worship in the everyday? Well, I've got a couple that... Uh that I, I'm trying to implement and I think they've been beneficial, but, but let me, let me circle back to something that you've said there. And I, I think it's really important for us to continually reiterate. If somebody's listening to this and they haven't heard the sermons, um, we would not want to give the false impression that we're not of a mind that those traditional acts are worship. They absolutely are. And, and we and we know that we agree with that. And anybody who's been following these lessons have heard us week by week saying when we come together on the Lord, you know, on Sunday and we sing, that's clearly worse. No one is no one is detracting from that. Um, but what we've tried to do is open and broaden that understanding to include so much more. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Well, you know, that's a much broader picture than five acts at 1030 on a Sunday morning. And so we've not diminished the importance of those five acts. What we've done is we've broadened our scope so that not only are those five acts important, and by the way, they're not limited to 1030 in a certain building, um, but, but we've broadened our scope. And that's something that, uh, that I think is really, really exciting and invigorating. But to your question, uh, 
what what have I what am I doing? What am I finding? What am I trying to uh, incorporate more of this? And and there's a couple of things. There's a couple of things that I found beneficial, and and I've been trying to employ these. Um, one of them is just as we talked about this week. Breathe in, just on a regular basis, trying to just pause, breathe in, and ask, where do I see God at work here? Where is God walking with me here? How can I partner with God in this? Whether I'm, you know. I was cleaning the house the other day and, and, and I just, I stopped and I tried to think, how can I make this a moment of worship? How can I partner with God, even in something that is um, as mindless uh, as an activity of, of cleaning my house? How can I make this redeem the time? The Bible says, how can I redeem this moment? And so I've been trying to be more conscious of that. I've been trying to be more intentional with uh, meetings. I, uh, I, I'm a note taker in meetings. And one of the things that I've started doing is at the top of every page before I start a meeting, I write, how can even this meeting be worship? Uh, I, I try to make a concerted effort to something as, as routine as a, a Monday staff Zoom that we have every Monday at 11 o'clock to start with the thought, how can even this be an act of worship? How can even this be partnered um, how can even this be a, a, a partnering with God in the moment? And so I think those kinds of efforts have, have borne some fruit. The other thing that um, I find myself reflecting on is, uh, is a phrase that I, I read somewhere, uh, memorialize the mundane, memorialize the mundane. And, and when we are in those most routine and, and repetitive and mundane kind of activities, we often find that our minds are are not engaged actively in anything. Um, I, I'm not giving deep, considerate thought to loading the dishwasher. My mind is fairly free. And if I'll pause and think, what am I thinking about when I'm not thinking about something? Uh, a lot of times those are worries or anxieties or concerns or, or thinking back on, you know, I wish I would have done this differently or said that or, or thinking ahead and, and I, I wonder what this is gonna do. And, and I, I'm trying, to capture those moments that my mind is not actively involved in, in thinking and say, this is a moment that I'm not using my brain for anything productive. Let's use it for something productive. How can this mundane moment be a, a time of, of worship where I'm, I'm ascribing my thoughts to God and, and focusing on uh, mentally partnering with him in this moment? So, um, so those are a couple of things. I know you've got some things as well. Well, I think all those are good. Uh, the, uh, the idea that um, our brain automatically defaults to something, yeah. um, and it, all of us do, it defaults to different things. If we can get that default button to go back to God, then how incredible would that be? Um, you know, sometimes it's, we think about something in particular, sometimes it's, we're thinking about nothing at all, but filling that void with the natural impulse to go back to God would open up so much of, uh, of our life for worship, at least it would for me. Uh, three, three things I found kind of as, tactics I've been using um, to varying degrees of success. Not an indictment on the strategy, but more of an indictment on the person, I think, um, you know, as I'm trying to implement them. I think the first is uh, establishing a baseline in the day. Um, waking up and having the first couple of things you do be um, worship. And to me, this sounds so simple, but it's so profound. My first instinct throughout the day, uh, I guess it's my personality type, is I wake up, the first thing I do is roll over and check my emails, begin to respond to emails. I'm checking on my schedule. What do I have to do today? What are my to-do lists? 
And so all day, what is my default? What am I defaulting back to? What is the baseline that's motivating me forward? And the answer is work. It's um, emails, it's a project, so it's objectives. And starting instead of that with worship, a time, a dedicated time of prayer and, and focus has been huge to me. Uh, what I've been doing recently is, you know, I make a pot of tea and I grab my Bible and I sit and read a little bit. Uh, not long. Sometimes I only have 10 minutes. Sometimes I only have five minutes, but anything uh, to be able to, to kind of focus in on that establishes a baseline. But I think the second has actually been the most interesting. The second tactic I've kind of employed here, a uh, tool that, that has really changed my view of this, is there's a lot of pressure, I feel, to create moments of worship. Uh, after the sermon, I feel like I'm, I'm constantly having to like, I have to try to make something. I have to try to force it into, and that's not what the Bible says. I, I'm loading up here uh, this passage. I couldn't remember where it is, but I found it's in John chapter five, verse 17. Uh, John writes that, or Jesus says that the father is always at his work. The father is always at his work. And God doesn't ask you to, to make up the work. God just asks you to join him in it. Um, and that has been such an alleviation in the moments when I'm cognitive, cognitively aware of God, when that, that thought crosses my mind of, oh God, I need to, I need to stop and breathe and think about him. It's been really rewarding to not have to try to force something just to stop and say, God, what are you doing in this moment? Just stop and thinking, what, what, what can I join you in? And uh, a lot of times I find that sometimes that's just silence. Sometimes that's just peace and quiet. Sometimes that's just taking a break and sliding my keyboard away for a second and just thinking about God and letting him invigorate me in that moment, joining me in that moment. Um, sometimes it's something small where I hold the door open for somebody or I'm motivated to do something. But sometimes even in this week and a half that I've been practicing this two weeks now, um, there's been some big moments, moments where I stop and say, God, what can I have you? And a, something will come to my head. Hey, you should probably reach out and talk to this person. Hey, text this person right now, or, or Hey, uh, go, go do this. And it's been the most remarkable spirit led moments when I say to God, God, I want to partner with you. What are you doing? And let me join you instead of constantly asking him to join you. Uh, it's, it's that reversal is really profound and it takes a lot of the stress off us. He's always at work. All we have to do is wake up to him and just walk where he is. So that those, those two things have been really big for me. And the third one's not nearly as, um, I don't know, put together. But the third one for me has been uh, e equally enlightening. You know, you have the idea of waking up to the baseline, starting your day with God, kind of defaulting to what he's doing throughout the day, trying to tune into it. But the third was a really silly illustration that uh, a sermon I listened to a while ago gave me where they played this instrumental song and they, then they said, listen to it. Do you have it in your head? Good. They replayed it, but they pulled out a, an electric guitar. And I couldn't tell what was taken out. I mean, I knew something wasn't quite right, but it, I couldn't identify what was missing. Then they just played the electric guitar back at you. Nothing else, just that sound. And they played the whole song. And you know, the only thing I could hear in that whole song was the electric guitar. I couldn't hear anything else. It was like, I was so tuned into that sound. Uh, I think the third thing that we have to do if we're going to live a worship of life is taking time to connect to God's voice amidst all the others. And the only way to do that is by taking a day of detox at least that's what worked for me. And I turned off social media. I didn't get on my phone. I didn't watch television. I didn't listen to the radio. I didn't read the news. I did nothing. Um, I did nothing except spend the day with the only voice I heard that whole day being God's. 
to try to re realign, to find his voice instead of the politics, instead of the worries, instead of the concerns, instead of work, yada, 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 just silencing all that long enough to find his voice. And then the next day I found his voice easier to find. His, his impulse is easier to grab onto. So th those, those are some things that I found um, starting the day with God, trying to find what he's doing and just taking a day and detoxing to only his voice. I think those three things have really unlocked a lot of worship to me as it's been easier for me to find those moments and find him in those moments. Well, those are great, man. Those are great suggestions. I, I really, I really like that. And I find, uh, I find a lot of value in that. I think those are, um, are beneficial to everybody who's who's going to view this and certainly are great reminders to me. I love that illustration. You've shared that with me before. And I think what a what a powerful and profound illustration to be be listening for the voice of God in the midst of the cacophony of sounds that we have all around us and, and how important that is. Great thoughts. Yeah. Um, and this has been one of my favorite sermon series we've done since since I've been here. Um, and I, I I mean, a lot of it um, like we talked about the first commute through the first podcast and you and I are just such different people. And, uh, this is, this was a perfectly suited sermon for us, but also a very difficult sermon for us because every step along the way, I wanted to retreat back into esoteric philosophy and what is, you know, what is worship? What is presence? What does it mean to, and, and you, you would want to take it into a practical application. And, uh, it's been a challenge for both of us. But I feel that we've gotten to a really good spot. Um, I'm excited to see. I know throughout the rest of this year, again, I guess to let the people in behind the curtain, we're going to be coming back to some of these ideas a couple of times. I'm excited to see the way this plays out more. But I'm also excited to hear uh, testimonials of our members, uh, people listening. We want to hear. We want to hear this. Let us know if you're finding moments of worship you didn't find before. Uh, let us know what's working for you. See, I think so many times y'all uh, listen to us for spiritual guidance, which is cool and all, but sometimes we want people like you to help us in our spiritual journey. And you have insights to personal worship that we don't. Your personal yeah. worship with God is going to be different than ours. Let us know it. Talk back. Let's make this a dialogue. That way I can hear from you and you can hear from me. And maybe we can make each other stronger in our personal faith walks with God. But, you know, this has been a fun series. We're excited for evangelism. Again, it's been we thought evangelism would be an easy one to follow worship with because that seems pretty cut and dry and it, it's not. So <laughs> we're going to be right back in the midst of it, uh, redefining and, and trying our best to, to wrap our heads around difficult concepts. We'll hope you join us uh, not only for the sermons, but every week for the commute. Uh, Dad, what else you got? Oh, nothing. I think uh, encouraging people to, to, to talk to us, talk with us, share with us dialogue is really, really critical. Those uh, diverse viewpoints are what we need. I mean, you and I are very diverse, you know, from our uh, Oxford and sweater to our T-shirt, from our oolong to our Powerade Zero. We have very different ways of uh, looking at the world, and I think that's important, but we're still only two perspectives. And the more people we can engage in this conversation and have it ongoing, the more diversity we can bring and the more educated we can become. And so uh, I really appreciate that through this means of technology, we have the opportunity to, um, to reach out and, and connect with people in more ways. And so I'll just second that. I really do. I hope people will connect with us. It benefits us greatly. And, and, uh, and we, love, uh, we love the opportunity to dialogue with you. So great job. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, we'll see you again next week. Just as a reminder, this coming Wednesday, we have our first uh, Heritage 
uh, podcast series. It's going to be a funny one. Uh, Dad and I have spent a lot of time talking about it. It's just a lighthearted, fun kind of talk through church history in a way that you haven't heard. Don't get scared off. Give it a try. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. If you don't find a connection with that one, we have another one coming out on Friday uh, where we're going to be kind of jumping through ethics. Uh, what does it mean to live like a Christian in our daily life in the unique moments that come our way? And then here in a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll replace that one with our study through the book of Paul, or through the writings of Paul, in particular with Paul and his mental health, as we all wrestle, I think, in this time with some mental health uh, temptations, some ways that we fall victim to the world and the stressors around us. So hopefully you stay tuned to our podcast, uh, MCOZ Virtual Podcast. It has been a blast for me, and I hope it's been helpful to you to some degree. You have any ideas, questions, comments, or concerns? Let us know. We really want to tailor this to you guys and uh, to all those in the world around us who are listening to this that aren't a part of us yet. So anyway, take care. Have a good rest of the day. And from, uh, from dad and I, uh, we'll see you next Monday.